Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our update for the week ending 6th of October 2023. In their relentless quest for the new, rather than retaining a focus on the important, the mainstream media have long moved on from the net zero announcements of late September and are now entertaining themselves with this week's prattle around the Conservative Party conference. Not so the Green Edge. We're remaining firmly stuck in the mud of the fallout for Rishi and Co. And this week, Michael, you saw something from the Environmental Audit Committee. I did. They wrote a lengthy letter to our Prime Minister, a very polite letter, but was clearly irritated in the extreme. And at the very end of that letter, which runs to six pages, they made several requests, i.e. demands, for information and clarification. And they have requested some really good stuff about the background to his statement and the facts that back it up. And they've given him until Thursday, the 12th of October to reply. So hopefully, by the time we're recording our podcast on that day, we'll have the answers in our hand. But knowing the government, they'll leave it to the 11th hour of the 11th day before they reply, because they tend to be rather poor on that, and then deluge you with materials. And certainly a major point for me, and this was part of the EAC letter, was that the timing of the speech, coming hard up against the conference recess, denied the opportunity for debate and scrutiny in the House, with the result being that the media just started debating the whole thing among themselves and made a complete kangaroo out of the whole thing. Anyway, we'll be keeping an eye on that to see how that plays out after the 12th of October. Well, let's move on to our post. And this week, it's a guest post from our new friend, Tim Rogers. Now, Tim has written for us about the energy trilemma, about future energy scenarios, grid distribution, and other things gritty. And he's also joined us on the podcast to talk about it. Tim, welcome to the Green Edge podcast. Fraser, hello. Nice to be here. Good to have you. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. I've been in energy for over 17 years, various roles from software engineering to sales and marketing. And during that time, I've been lucky enough to hire some really outstanding people. But uh, during recruitment phases, I found the common theme was that it's really hard to find good people with specific energy skills. So what I'm doing now is I'm running EnergyWise training, which I set up just recently. And I'm focused focused on bringing professionals up to speed in energy fundamentals and also deep diving on certain specific topics. In the post, you talk about ESO's future scenarios, which in headline at least are leading the way, customer transformation, system transformation and falling short. Give us a little bit of detail about those. It's interesting, isn't it? 2050 is 26 years away, and there's an awful lot can happen in that sort of time. Good example, you know, look, you look at the last 20 years. I was just looking at some stats for Germany, and 20 years ago, there were practically no wind or solar generation. And now it's about half of the installed capacity, so it's possible that we can see massive change over 20 years. But that's just one aspect of a really complex system, and it's so hard to predict what's going to happen, isn't it? No, look, I'm an optimist, but I'm also going to say slightly on the fence and say that's probably a mix of the system transformation and customer transformation scenarios. There's both lots of aspects in those two things. But to make that happen, government policy's got to be consistent. We have to encourage investment. We've got to make sure that 
So consumers on board, we have to drive consumer confidence. Confidence is one of two factors, in my opinion. If we look at the positive outcomes, let's say that from future energy scenarios, they rely on customer engagement like hydrogen boilers, EVs, and that sort of thing. And all of that is the customer. It's you and me saying, yeah, that's fine. We're going to install those. And we trust that those things are going to be supported. Now, look, it might sound a bit picky, but if we look at the smart meter rollout, which is just one aspect, it's been expensive. There's a shortage of skilled engineers. Is, and the impact is that the customer pays more. And I just have a quick look at the National Audit Office website, and they've confirmed that on three occasions this has gone back, 2020, 24, 25, and now they're still consulting. So the government's got a track record of pushing these things back, and we've seen recently that things have been pushed back as well. The customer and investors are going to have to be very confident that the policy is going to be adhered to. So slightly on the fence, I don't think we'll miss it, but I don't think we're going to be ahead of schedule, so somewhere in the middle. Okay, Tim. Well, you have told us that in your line of work, you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs in this space. And as you mentioned in the post, you ran a webinar a few weeks ago on that subject. Tell us a little about that. That was super interesting too. One of the aspects of moving to to net zero or hitting targets around 2050 is investment in new technology. We're going to need an awful lot of investment in new technology over the next few years. You know, the government's rightly focusing on grid infrastructure investment at the moment. Connection times are really hampering some of those investments in those rollouts, and that just kills confidence with investors. So, yeah, I was really pleased to talk to three entrepreneurs, three founders just recently. One based in the US, for example, was rolling out street EV chargers. Now, that's not a problem in the UK because we're 240 volts and we can put in level two chargers at a street level. But in the US, they've got 110 volts. You need to step up that voltage and the infrastructure for the city. It takes them months to roll these things out. These guys are doing it in days because they'd figured out a way to step up the voltage from private buildings, put in a revenue share scheme with the owner of the building. So they get paid when somebody charges and they'd figure out how to install the charge points at a street level in days. It's just genius. They're really fantastic stuff. Another company had invented a smart battery storage system effectively designed for the distribution network rather than the big big sort of 100 meg systems that we see in containers. So these are much smaller systems at the distribution side, effectively load shifting, but on a local distribution level. And they see those being rolled out at substations in the US and Europe. So it's great to see these people pushing what can be done and really pushing that infrastructure. Another company was looking at the tools. So if you think about all of those, literally tens of millions of generation and storage assets rolled out across what is at the moment a creaky infrastructure, you know, there's petabytes of data there. And everybody needs access to it so that they can think about forecasting and pricing and distribution and scheduling. Where do you get all that data? Is there a common interface? Well, there isn't at the moment. There's no common place to put that data. And these guys were thinking about the tooling and the APIs to bring all of that stuff together. So I'm pretty optimistic that we've got good brains working on this. If we can support them, then we'll be in good shape. But we need to support them with good policy, legislation and follow-up. Tim, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. And a reminder that you can find this week's guest post from Tim Rogers, including the link to that webinar, on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. Tim, thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. Many thanks for having me on. Thanks a lot.
Back to you, Michael. Now, this week you've been thinking about labour migration, haven't you? That's right. And it's very timely because yesterday the Migration Advisory Committee came out with its new report on those specific occupations where work permits and visas should be allocated. And one thing that really came through in that report was there should be a shift away from focusing on occupations, but focusing on sectors and sectors within regions and actually look at it in the round in a true labour market way rather than trying to pick off odd jobs. That would be quite a shift if that were to be a policy adopted. But also I'd add a few other little pieces. It's very interesting to see that the Parliamentary Office for Science and Technology are producing a paper on green skills. That's coming up. And if you're interested, that's Philippa Simons is putting that together. And also at the Department for Education, there's been a reshuffling of the chairs on the sustainability front. And Donna Ward is taking over from John Dewsbury as the Chief Sustainability Officer. That might sound like, oh, that's just another civil servant job. The Department for Education has an estate of 80,000 buildings to actually manage to net zero. They also have a huge potential to contribute to microgrids. They all have roofs and lots of them. And they actually generate the maximum energy during the summer when the buildings are empty. So they have a lot of potential to contribute to net zero. So it was really interesting to see that team being strengthened and developed further. But here's the big question. Are they ever going to get Westminster Palace to net zero? I just thought they might find some way of capturing the heat and the hot air generated within the chambers and feed that into the system some way. Well, Tim would be happy. I would have thought they could solve the national grid's problem for years to come. I think they'd find a way to do that. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights. 